Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pickle Park, a new beginning. Let's go. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Baby says she want to go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Mitchell and Ness with the old school name. All of the homies holler Padre gang. Yeah, they... What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 237 of the Talking Ferraris podcast and YouTube show. I am your host, Ben Fadden. The Padres just took two out of three from the Colorado Rockies, decreased their magic number to six to clinch a postseason spot, uh, just scored 23 runs in the series, 27 hits in the last two games. Things are going well for the Padres. Uh, this is going to be a wild week. Week and a half, however much, however else is, uh, how many games they have left in the season. Uh, but this is fun. This this is great. Um, I know that, you know, the NFL is going on today. I don't care, really. Um, I didn't watch much of it at all. Uh, it's about the Padres right now. It's about San Diego, and it's about this team looking like they're going to make the postseason uh, for the first time since 2006 in a full regular season. Um we wanted this team to take two out of three. At least they took two out of three. Uh, yeah, was Friday not so great? Yeah, it wasn't that great. Um, the offense could have done better. But the offense then went and scored 13 runs today and then scored nine runs yesterday. So uh, 22 runs in the last two games. I think, right? No, that's not the That's not right. 13, yeah, 22 runs in the last two games. Um, 25 runs total. Sorry, I think I said 23 before. Um, 
math is not my strong suit. Um, but today, it was a great game today. Blowout win. Um, you might look at like how the game played out and not say that it was a great win because they had a big lead. It was like 7-1 at one point, and then it went got down to 7-5. But then the offense turned it back on and made it back into a blowout. And so that's really, really encouraging for me. Uh, and I think that should be encouraging for Padres fans as well. Yeah, Mike Clevenger, he didn't do that great today. Four innings, five runs, gave up eight hits. Uh, but he only walked one guy. And he's not going to be in the postseason rotation. If the season ended today, it would be Darvish, Snell, and Musgrove as those three guys in the wild card series. So who knows if club makes the roster or I think either clever Mania probably one of them probably wouldn't make the wild card roster because they'd get it down from 28 to 26 Liberato would be gone uh, so that's what I would think they would do but my point is I don't think we should focus so much on Clevenger giving up five runs at Coors Field today one it's Coors Field and two he's not someone that we should be focused on right now. I don't think he's someone that we need to, um, you know, we don't need him to be amazing. Uh, we just need him to have some strong start. You probably want his next start to be stronger than obviously his start today was, right? But at least this isn't Darvish, Snell, or Musgrove going out there and doing this. Uh, so I think that's at least a positive. It's not a positive for Clevenger, but it's a positive that, hey, the Padres their top three guys that would be starting games in the wild card series right now, those three guys, they're pitching fantastic right now. That's what I care about. Um, and this offense is playing really, really well right now. That's what I also care about. Um, so I thought it was a really good weekend for the Padres. Obviously, it got better with Milwaukee losing today uh, because the Padres now not – the magic number isn't just to seven from eight like it was at the start of today. It's to six because Milwaukee lost, Padres win. You add those two, decrease the magic number by two, and there you go. Um, so what do the Padres have? Nine more games left to go. I believe three three-game series. So let's say Milwaukee goes, I don't know, they, let's say they go, they, they go like seven and two. Really good end of the season. Well, the Padres, all they would have to do is go four and six, I believe, or four and five, four and five over the last nine games to make the postseason because their magic number is six. And so you take Milwaukee's two losses, let's say they go seven and two, magic number is down to four. So Padres would need to win four of the remaining nine games to make the postseason. I like their chances with that. Um, we got a lot to talk about. Obviously, Friday's game we'll touch on. Saturday, Sunday, we'll go backwards. Saturday, or excuse me, Sunday today, uh, Saturday's game, and then Friday's game. Uh, again, very encouraging what I saw from this Padres offense. Yeah, you could say it was Coors Field, um, but look, it's still hard to score 22 runs in a uh, you know two-game span like the Padres did in these last two games. And Darvish yesterday, six innings, two runs. So back to my point of the good starting pitchers, like the top three guys that we need to be pitching well going into the wild card series, they're pitching well right now. Um, so starting 
let's talk more about today's game. Um, by the way, in the chat here, I don't know if this broadcast is working. Hopefully this YouTube broadcast is working because I saw a couple comments and then I haven't seen any more comments. Usually it tells me how many people are watching the broadcast up in the corner. I don't see that, so let me check just to make sure that I am live. Okay, I am live. Okay, it's working. All right, good. Because I, I don't want to do this whole thing, talk for an hour plus or whatever it's going to be, and then I wasn't live at all. Okay, that's that makes me be feel better. Okay, so... Padres, they obviously, it was great to get out to an early lead today, 3 nothing. Uh, Padres, they were given that first run on the throwing air. Then Crony had a sack fly. Crony, by the way, six RBIs in the last two games of this series. He's second on the team this year in RBIs. Manny got to 100 today with his big home run um, that stretched the lead out. Uh, so anyone, you know, there's still people out there that, aren't like the biggest fans of Jake Cronenworth for some reason. They were the same people that wanted Jake Cronenworth to be included in that Juan Soto deal when I was saying no the whole time. Jake Cronenworth, for all those, I guess, haters or people that aren't the biggest fans of him, he's performing this year for this team. He's super valuable for this team. His war is probably over four now uh, at the end of this series, so... This guy is still a very solid contributor. He's one of the Padres' best players, best position players. Um, so just go look at the stats. Go look at the numbers. Um, so a sack fly made it 2-0. Myers had a ground rule double before he homered. That made it 3-0. It was 3-1. Rocky scored a run in the second. Uh, top three. Crony tripled. He was going in, hitting 600 with the bases loaded. Um the bases, I don't believe, and they might have been loaded here, uh, but he tripled on a ground ball to right. No, it was second and third. Second and third in the top of the third. Took a ball on the inside part of the plate. Tripled down the right field line. So three RBIs, or excuse me, two RBIs there. Had the sack fly, so that's three today. Then he had three yesterday, which we'll get to. So huge series out of him. He was one of the MVPs of this series, definitely for the Padres. Myers. Made it 7-1 uh, with the two-run bomb in that third inning. What a sweet sound off the bat. Will Myers' bat when he homers. Or maybe it was just me. I don't know. Um, but when I was clipping highlights, it was actually from the Rockies feed because I couldn't get the Valley feed for some reason. And there was no commentators talking. And he homered. And that's, it was just a perfect sweet sound. So it's at Talking Friars on Twitter. You can go look at the video. I recommend you to. What a sweet sound that is off of Will's bat. And if he went to Colorado, I saw this floating around Twitter. He's done probably at the end of this year, uh, at least contract-wise with the Padres. He could return on a one-year deal, obviously. But he's probably going to be done with the Padres. Um, if he goes and signs with the Rockies, that guy's going to hit like 40 bombs at Coors Field. I mean... That guy hits tremendously well at Coors Field. It seems like he homers every time the Padres go to Coors Field when he's healthy. Obviously, earlier this year, he couldn't go to Coors Field because he was hurt June and July, so he, well, he could have gone, but he didn't play in those games. 
But when he plays, remember he had the cycle, obviously, at Coors Field. Um, the second cycle, I believe, in Padres history. So he loves, loves hitting there. That's back to the Andy Green days. Um, so it's great to see him continue to hit pretty well uh, in this lineup. McMahon homered off Clev, made it 7-2 in the third. But in the fourth, or excuse me, um, in the eighth was when the Padres offense came back. It was seven. It got to 7-5 when Steven Wilson was on the mound. Uh, but I believe all of those runs were charged to Mike Clevenger. Um, so it's not that huge of a deal what Wilson gave up. Um, but in the eighth, Padres offense, they wanted some room, um, you know, to have some breathing room for that bullpen. That's what I mean by that. Like 7-5 when it was 7-1, that had some Arizona vibes to it. Remember the game earlier this year against Arizona where the Padres were up 6 to nothing and they ended up losing? Hosmer was still on the team. He made that terrible decision to throw it to CJ at short or at second base. CJ was playing short. He was in the outfield to start the play. Hosmer still threw it to second, even though Christian Walker wasn't even halfway to first base. And I believe Taylor Rogers was pitching at that time. He was going to go cover first base. That would have been an out tie game. Uh, instead, the game was over there. I believe that's when the game ended. It was either, it was either the game tying run or the go-ahead run. I don't remember. I believe it was the winning run. That's why we made such a big deal about it. Um, it was still a big deal, obviously. Uh, totally forgot. Oh, yeah, my point. Um, they didn't. The Padres didn't want that type of game happening again, and they didn't. Manny with the big uh, home run scored. Kim scored Juan. Obviously, obviously scored Manny himself. That was his 31st home run of the year. He entered the day with 98 RBIs. He now has 101. Uh, so that was big. Brandon Jury with back to back. He went back to back with Manny. Made it 11-5. He could also get to 30 home runs. Manny's at 31. Jury is at 28 right now. And the Padres have nine games left. I don't know if Jury's going to play in all nine of those games. But he could go hit two home runs in a nine-game span if he plays all nine games. Or two, ga two home runs, excuse me, in a seven- or eight-game span. That that's doable. Um, so that's another milestone thing to watch uh, for the San Diego Padres for Brandon Jury. Uh, Profar scored, hustled in. Uh, on a tag play, Nola doubled him in. Um, that was when the game was pretty much still out of reach. Uh, well, already out of reach. The call was an out on the field. I have no idea how that was actually an out on the field, if we're being honest. Like, the replay should have taken five seconds. It took more than that. But Profar easily got his left hand in. He was wearing the sliding sleeve. Um, or whatever you call it, the oven mitt. Um, he easily got in. Umpire, the home plate umpire was standing right there and still got the call wrong. Uh, it just kind of boggles my mind that you get that call wrong. Uh, but that made it 12-5 for the Padres. Rocky scored a run in the eighth, uh, but Drury got that run back for the Padres, made it 13-6. Grisham scored. Uh, he didn't start today, by the way, but he did get into the game. Um, that made it 13-6, like I said. Padres win by seven runs. Uh, the bullpen was pretty solid today. Martinez did give up an earned run, but Wilson, the runs he did allow, or the run he allowed, I forget, I think he allowed one run. That was Clevenger's run that he allowed. Uh, Pierce Johnson didn't give up any earned runs. Neither did Robert Suarez. He got the win. 
Craig Stammen pitched an inning, didn't give up any earned runs, um, didn't give up any runs total, uh, struck out two guys. Positive win. Um, and on the pregame show earlier today here on YouTube, I was talking about how, you know, how Kyle Freeland, that start in July, whatever month that was, that he uh, slammed the bat up against the dugout ceiling. Maybe it was a light or he shattered some of the dugout. He got to the Padres that day, um, and he was mad because the reliever that came in gave up runs, um, his runs. It's like, uh, you should be mad at yourself. But it seemed he, he waited to smash his bat until the reliever uh, gave up the runs. It was after the, the reliever that came in gave up the runs. So on the pregame show today, I was like, it's obvious that you can get to him mentally. I don't know if they got to him mentally today. But all I care about is they scored seven earned runs off of him. Kyle Freeland didn't even make it through three innings. He'd been pitching well, actually, going into this outing. Um, in September, let me look up his September numbers. They, they were pretty good. Let me see. Look at the game logs. So... September, leading up to today's start, he had pitched over five innings in every start, and he hadn't allowed more than two runs in a start. His last start was six innings, two earned runs. Start before that, September 14th, six and two-third, no runs. September 7th, six innings, one run. September 2nd, five and two-thirds innings, one run. So he'd been pitching really well. So that's encouraging. A guy that's pitching well going into the start, the Padres were able to hammer off of him. Um, so that's big. They obviously got that win off of Zach Gallon last weekend in Arizona. Uh, I know it was two nothing, but they still won that game. They won two out of three against a contending, or not just contending, um, a team that's going to make the postseason in the Cardinals won that series against some pretty good pitchers. Um, so very, very encouraging from what we've uh, what of what we've seen from this Padres offense this lack this last week. Um, they're ever since. What are they like seven and two since the uh, players only meeting the burn the ships mantra, which is available breakingtcom slash talking friars. You can get one of those burn the ship shirts if you want to. I partnered with breaking tea. Um, so feel free to purchase that if you want to, to support the club, support Jake Cronenworth who made that phrase. I believe that's according to teammates uh, and support this Padres team. Um, our support is going to be big. I think. These last nine games, uh, I'm going Tuesday for the Dodger game, first of three, uh, and then I'll be going some white one of the white some of the White Sox games and Giants games. Uh, it'll be big. Um, this fan support six games or six is the magic number. Uh, if they win six games, they're obviously in. A combination of six Padres losses and uh, Milwaukee losses, and the Padres get in. And so hopefully. I would think it'll be a sellout crowd every game until the Padres at least clinch a playoff spot um, because all the Dodger games are night games. So, yeah, I would think they're all going to be sellouts or hopefully close to sellouts, 40-plus uh, people packed in there. And the players love that support. So uh, definitely get into Petco Park if, you have, if you're planning on doing nothing or watching the game at home. I, I encourage you to go. Uh, by the way, this episode is brought to you by Gaglione Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. Uh, if you're going to be at Petco Park, 
for the rest of this regular season at any time. You can hit up the Gaglione Bros stands. There's one in the upper deck. There's one behind home plate with fries only. And then the main stand by the Bally Sports pregame, postgame booth. Uh, Cheesesteaks, cheesesteak fries, fries, cheese fries. You can really get a lot uh, there. Very, very great food that they have there. I encourage you to check them out if you have not already. If you haven't, um, you're, you're missing out. That's what I would say. Um, so a great win today. And... Uh, it was, a, it was a much needed, I think, win going into this uh, off day. Playing the Dodgers up next, you know, you want these players to have confidence. You want our fans, obviously. You want us to, to be confident, at least from the Padres' point of view. Um, and they're flying high going into this Dodgers series. Now, obviously, we know that the Padres haven't been able to win a season series against the Dodgers since, like, 2010. Uh, they're not going to win it this year. They didn't win that series. At, uh, that they played at Petco the last time. They didn't win at Dodger Stadium. Uh, win a series, I mean. Uh, but look, you can have a chance to win this series with, I believe it's going to be Snell. Is it Snell, Musgrove, Darvish pitching? Or no, I think or no, I think Manaya is missing the Dodgers series because he pitched, right? I don't know if that's been announced who the starter who the starters are, but I know it's Snell on Tuesday. Yeah, I think it would be Snell Musgrove. Maybe it's Snell Musgrove Anaya. It might be Snell Musgrove Anaya for those three games. I think it's Snell and Musgrove for the first two. So that's they have they have a chance to win this series. Dodgers they're not playing for anything, um, even though Dodger fans are probably still going to show up because there's for some reason a bunch of Dodger fans in San Diego, even though they grew up in San Diego. I still don't understand that. Uh, they're just bandwagons, but um, yeah, Padres fans, let's show out. Let's show out for this team uh, that's about to hopefully clinch a postseason spot. Moving on to Saturday's game, another good one. Uh, Padres won this one by a score of nine to three. Ten hits on Saturday after or before having 17 hits today. You Darvish thought pitched really well, six innings, two runs, and he was telling reporters. I don't know if it was before the game or or if it was after the game yesterday, but he was telling reporters that hey, I'm ready for the or I was ready for this challenge. Uh, Coors Field is a challenge for me. Uh, and I, I wanted that challenge, and he pitched really well. He, he ro rose that bar, uh, if that makes sense. Eight strikeouts, walked one guy, uh, six innings, five hits. Did give up a home run, uh, but the bullpen pretty much did their job after that. Tim Hill did give up an earned run on a home run, uh, but Garcia and Stammen did not allow any runs. Uh, when Stammen's pitching back-to-back -back days, it's either a good thing or a bad thing, right? A bad thing, you know, if it's a blowout, you're pitching Stammen, blowout loss. But if it's a blowout win like this, might as well go pitch Stammen. Give Hater and everyone else like that, give those guys, the big guys, a couple days off if you can. Um, and so some of these guys in the bullpen are going to get two days off. Um, and so that is obviously a positive. And with the, with the offense... Everyone in the lineup except Bell and Grisham got a hit. That's good. 
There were some multi-hit games from Profar, Manny, Crony. Uh, Bell and Grisham did get on base. So everyone in the lineup got on base last night. Obviously, that's a good sign. Um, I know it's at Coors Field, but I'd obviously rather have everyone get on base in a series than uh, have a game kind of like Friday night, right, where you scored three runs at Coors Field, right? Um, Crony was huge again. Three RBIs. Manny had a double uh, for the first Padres run in the third. Crony had that line drive to right field, the single. Um, and then he had a, a single later in the seventh that drove in Profar and Soto. Again, people that wanted Crony traded in that Soto deal, they're kind of looking like dummies right now. At least that's my opinion. I know that everyone doesn't love him like I do, but this guy is a very valuable piece. He's a four-plus win player uh, again this year, or at least he's going to be. I haven't checked the like up-to-date numbers on that, but he definitely is going to be. Um, cause he had a huge weekend and he was at 3.8, I believe was his war on fan graphs. It was either fan graphs or baseball reference. I forget which one. Um, but it was three, eight going into this weekend, I believe. And you have six RBIs. That's going to get your war up. Um, Hassan Kim had a, had a, an, uh, RBI single drove in two runs. You know, Grisham didn't get a hit, but he still hustled that one double play ball out uh, to bring in another run. That made it 9-2. The game was over by then. Uh, but it was just a really productive night. You know, I already touched on Darvish, six innings, two runs, continuing those quality starts. Um, let me check, by the way. Kevin Acey said in his newsletter something about Darvish and his quality starts. I might have deleted it. But he said that he said something about Darvish leading Major League Baseball in quality starts. I'm looking that up right now. Hang on one second. Yeah, there it is. Okay, so not Major League Baseball. Last night, he had his National League leading 24th quality start. Two runs, five innings, or excuse me, five hits, six innings. He had a, he had a 5.94 ERA going in to last night's start. So, wow. He's pitching like you, Darvish. He's pitching like an ace. That's what I care about right now going into these final nine games of the season. Um, hopefully, he's only going to have like one more start on this year, or it's going to be one more start and like two or three innings just to stay sharp. Hopefully it's one more start, they clinch a postseason spot, and then he doesn't have to start again. Because um, that could happen, right? His next start would line up to be the pitch yesterday. Might be Friday, Friday against the White Sox, maybe. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be during the White Sox series, I would think. So, yeah, maybe he has that one last start, uh, and then it lines him up perfectly for the wildcard series. Gets a little bit of extra rest before the wildcard series starts, um, and then there you go. Game one starter. And I know, technically, I'm jumping the gun here. 
Padres haven't clinched a postseason spot, Ben. Yeah, I understand, but they have the advantage. They're three games up on Milwaukee for a playoff spot right now. Their magic number is six. Again, like I said earlier, if Milwaukee goes seven and two, have a really good end to their season, which could happen. They're facing like the Diamondbacks, the Marlins, and the Cardinals for two games. They're probably going to wrap up their division if they haven't already. Um, what if they go seven and two? Okay, let's say that they finish out great. Okay, that takes two games off. The Padres would only have to go four and five in their last nine games. Take the four wins for the Padres, the two losses from Milwaukee. There's your six magic number of six. So they have the advantage. They don't have to go. They don't have to be perfect the rest of the way uh, to make the postseason. Milwaukee, they pretty much have to be pretty perfect um, going the rest of the way. Um, I did want to mention, I'd be dumb to not mention the Trent Grisham catch. I had that in my notes. Uh, fifth inning, tremendous diving catch. I think it was 3-2 at that time. Prevented the game-tying run. Some people might say, eh, don't know if that would have tied the game if that ball got past him. It was a line drive. Grisham, in the right center gap, made a great smooth diving catch. Uh, went to the right center field wall. If It probably would have, that's what I mean to say. If Grisham didn't catch it, uh, I think the runner probably would have scored, or at least they would have tried to send him. Um, and you could have maybe had a tie game there, and who knows what happens then. But it was 3-2. Uh, everyone's pumped up, and they obviously didn't look back there. And Grisham, obviously, he struck out. He's I saw something. He struck out in like 31 of his last 61 plate appearances. Not good at all, like 50% of the time. Almost 50%. Um, I think that was entering today or yesterday, whenever it was. Really, really struggling. But you do know that he's going to give you great defense most of the time when he is in the game. Like, yeah, you're going to put him at the bottom of the order. But if something happened to, happens to a Zokar or something, you can rely on him for really good defense. Uh, maybe they put him in late in games if the Padres have a lead over this next week. Um, see if he can find something offensively. But you also know you're going to get the good defense still in center. Uh, I still would play a Zokar until you, at least you clinch. Uh, and then see what you can do with Grisham. But yeah, I, I would um, I would definitely bet that Grisham's going to provide some type of impact defensively for the Padres still the rest of the season because I think that's where he will play when he does get in. Uh, by the way, the Braves just beat the Phillies 8-7. So, the magic number to finish ahead of the Phillies, Ben Higgins just tweeted this out. I don't know if, uh, let me read the tweet just to make sure I get it perfect. I believe he said that the magic number is now nine. Not for the Padres to clinch a playoff spot. Don't worry, still six. Um, the magic number is nine to finish ahead of the Phillies because the Phillies have the tiebreaker over the Padres as well. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't think that they'd finish ahead of Philly. But they could. It's just three games harder. You know, three, uh, combination of three Padres wins and Philly's losses harder, right? So that's up to date, or the up to date kind of scores. Again, Milwaukee lost, Philly uh, just lost to the Braves, seven to six. 
Padres won. So I can take a look right now at the wildcard standings. So the Padres have a game and a half lead on the Philadelphia Phillies for the second wild card. And they have a three game lead on Milwaukee for a wild card spot. Right now, I would still think that they get the final wild card spot. Philly does have an easier schedule than the Padres. And to be honest, all I care about is making the postseason, like just get in. I'm confident. I'm very confident, actually, right now that the Padres will make the postseason. Um, the way they're playing, starting pitching, at least the top three guys are pitching really well. Um, and the offense, it, they're pretty much firing firing on all cylinders. Uh, so I'm, I'm confident in the Padres. I think with the easier schedule for Philly, I, I'd still give them the advantage for the second wild card. The sixth seed might work out better. The Padres just won a series against the Cardinals, who they would play if they got the sixth seed. And then if they beat the Cardinals, then they'd get to play the Mets. They wouldn't have to face the Dodgers until the NLCS. So if we're going based on who do you want to play uh, or what's your path, your best path, uh, how long can you go without facing the Dodgers? It would be through the sixth seed. You'd play the three seed St. Louis, win that, play the two seed the Mets, and there you go. Uh, you win that series, then you play the Dodgers in the NLCS, assuming the Dodgers get there. There's been times, 2019, Dodgers, I think they won over 100 games in that season, and they lost in the National League Division Series to the Nationals, who ended up winning the whole dang thing. Juan Soto was on that team. Um, so anything can happen. Uh, but if you're playing the Dodger game, like don't want to face the Dodgers because we can't beat them yet, um, the sixth seed is probably where you'd want to go if you're a Padre fan. But for me, get in. I think they can beat Atlanta. They just lost Spencer Strider, I believe. I think they can beat St. Louis. I, could, I think they could beat any wildcard team that they have to face. All right, moving on to Friday's game. Padres lost this one 4-3. to three. As I said in my series reaction to this game, it, it, this came down to the offense, I think. Uh, they went 1-for-6 with runners in scoring position, left 6 on base. Uh, there was multiple places where the Padres could have come through like they did in Saturday's game, like they did in today's game, and they just didn't do that. Uh, today, right, you had bases loaded, you had runners, uh, two runners on, you had Crony come through with that triple, you had Manny come through with the three-run home run uh, for his 31st of the year, you had Drury hit a home run right behind him. Um, yesterday, with guys on base, right, you put the ball in play to force some errors by the Rockies, Tovar, with the, uh, he just whiffed on that chopper. Um, you made the Rockies pitch to Josh Bell with the bases loaded, and it was a walk. Uh, they couldn't throw strikes, so there's a free run. Like you were able to take advantage when you guys or when the Padres had runners on base. Um, they just didn't really do that on Friday. Top of the second, Drury had a leadoff single, no runs came of it. In the top of the fourth, Crony had a leadoff walk, no runs came of it. In the top of the fifth. Manny had a double. Uh, I think there was two outs when he did double those, so it's not like they started the inning there. But Juan Soto was still up with the runner in scoring position. Nothing came of it. In the top of the 10th, because this game went into extra innings, uh, thanks to Juan Soto, by the way, so I'm not going to get on him too much. All I'm going to say about Juan Soto is that there was that 1-1 pitch in the 10th that was like right down the middle, and he didn't swing at it. 
but I'm not going to be like, you freaking dummy, why are you not swinging at that pitch? Uh, because it's Juan Soto, you know? I'm just saying I would have probably swung at that pitch. It, it just looked good. Uh, but they wouldn't. he wouldn't have even been in the batter's box in that situation if he didn't hit a home run to tie the game uh, whenever that was, in the eighth inning or something. Um, so I'm not going to complain about Soto too much. Profar didn't look too ready there in that 10th inning. Um, I think he struck out there, watched a couple strikes, swung and missed. He just didn't look, you know, mentally there. But again, I know facing major league pitching is tough, so I'm not going to get too much or go too hard on him. Uh, he had another good couple games Saturday and Sunday, pretty much like the rest of the team. Um, you know, on Friday, you had Manaya in there, three and two-thirds innings. Yeah, that didn't help. But, you know, him giving having the bullpen be taxed a little bit, giving up three runs, not making it through four, that doesn't help. But you got to expect Manaya to give up runs. In Colorado, like, that's a bad combination. Got to expect that. Padres probably expected that. Uh, therefore, you got to score runs. You got to score, like, five, six runs in that game. Uh, and that didn't happen. They scored four. Uh, Morahone and no, it wasn't Morahone, was it? No, Morahone gave the walk off. I'm not look. As I said in my um, game reaction, just looking back at this box score, I'm not too mad about the pitching in this game. You know, Manaya, it is what it is. I still wish that he would have um, varied his deliveries. He's stopping. He hasn't done that. Um, since that Arizona start in like the second inning. I know that I'm like a broken record saying that for anyone that watches the pregame show or watches or listens to this show after a Manaya start. I think he should vary those deliveries. He had success with that against Arizona, and he hasn't stopped. Or excuse me, he did stop and hasn't continued doing that. I just don't understand that. Um, maybe he's not comfortable with it, but just watching him, it's, it's a consistent delivery, which I guess is good at least from, you know, the eye, just the eye test. But it seems like the de delivery is slow. It's not catching anyone off guard. And again, Coors Field and Manaya, that's a bad combination. So the Padres should have expected runs being allowed. Uh, and they probably knew that they had to score a good amount of runs in this game. And three runs just isn't a good amount of runs. Um, good enough. So it was on the offense. I already talked about those situations where they could have came through. They got some lead, uh, leadoff runners on, and they didn't come through. But, hey, I'm not going to focus on that game too much because it's not like it's Snell, Musgrove, or Darvish that didn't make it through four innings. Um, I was kind of expecting that out of Manaya, And the offense came back, and they won the series. Just like I wanted them to, like I expected them to, they won the series. Took two out of three. That's what needed to be done. Entering the series, I think their magic number was at like nine, and now it's at six. That's a win. Keep having that magic number decrease every day, and that's a win. If they lose the series to the Dodgers, yeah, that probably will suck. Um, and obviously, you want to see them win the series. That'll be progress uh, because they lost the last one, right? They won that first game. Let's not get blown out by the Dodgers again, you know? You want to see progress. But let's say the Padres win on Tuesday. Snell on the mound. I think they have a good chance of winning. 
just don't have that blow-up inning. Magic number's down to five. Let's say even Milwaukee wins that game. All right, magic number's still five. Three-game lead still. Um, then let's say they win one of the next two games there. Magic number's now down to four. Milwaukee probably will lose one of the two games against St. Louis. So then the magic number's down to three. Now you have the White Sox who are out of it already because Cleveland just won their uh, division today. And you have the Giants who are out of it as your two opponents at home. I like their chances there. Milwaukee, I don't think they're going to go 7-2 and two in their last nine. They could. But again, if they do go 7-2, and two, all the Padres have to do is go 4-5 and five in their next nine games to clinch a playoff spot. They have the advantage here. And so I really like where the Padres are at. They're going to make the postseason, I think. Uh, this could bite me in the butt, but I'm very confident in this team. The way they're playing, the way the wild card starters, Snell, Darvish, Musgrove, the way that they are starting, um, the way they're pitching, this team is playoff bound. So uh, this is a positive series. I mean, 22 runs in their last two games. Uh, that's what I said, right? 25 um, in the series. Could have had a better offensive performance on Friday. But Saturday and Sunday, they made up for it. They won the series. Magic number is down. I know I'm repeating the same stuff, but geez, I just keep putting that into your guys' head. You know, anyone that wants to be negative, I don't think there's going to be a lot of negativity right now. Um, you know, they just scored 13 freaking runs uh, before an off day. Uh, I'm pretty happy about that. But if there is negativity, maybe it's just Padre fan skepticism or, you know, just Padre fan-itis. Uh, just negative stuff that has happened, you know, in the franchise's history. Just relax. Just take a deep breath. The Padres have the advantage. They've got the lead. They're in a playoff spot. This is a good baseball team. They've got good starters. First two games of the Dodgers series, at least. They've got a good bullpen. They've got a solid lineup right now. And let's ride. I, I sound like Russell Wilson right now, but let's go. You know, the burn the ships thing, it has worked. Uh, six and is it six and two? Won the first three in Arizona, then one, two, five and one, five and two. Yeah, seven and two. Padres seven and two since the burn the ships. So it's, it's working. They're playing as a team. Trent Grisham, uh, I think that's a a perfect example right there. He probably wants to be playing every day, but he is taking his playing time and running with it. He's rooting for Jose Azokar, having conversations with him still in the dugout, smiling. Um, they're playing as a team right now. And that's what you love to see going into this wildcard series. I apologize, by the way, the YouTube chat just started loading. So I don't know if you guys have been commenting this entire time I've been talking. Notice I haven't answered any chat questions or, or comments or anything i usually probably have already but the chat literally just loaded like there was like two comments going in uh and those were before i believe i started this stream so i don't know what's happening there maybe that was just my end wi-fi or something um but i will answer those chat questions right now i agree with this michael let's carry this over to the dodger series this was comment was 40 minutes ago so i apologize but yeah, I agree. Carried over to the Dodgers series. Good pitching. 
Good offense. Perfect combination. Yeah, JW, hopefully we can finally get a series win. He says, I'm feeling good going into the Dodgers series. Let's finally get a series win over the blue and gray. Um, I think they have a good chance with Snell and Musgrove Tuesday and Wednesday. That's right. I, I, how did I not mention that? By the way, Saturday, yesterday, Luis Garcia almost had the immaculate inning. And then today, the natural cycle. Um, what inning was that? Let me check. Let me double check what inning that was. But yeah, that, that was the inning Crony, right? Crony had the triple. So was that the third inning? Second, uh, yeah, top three. And it was in a row. Right? Let, let me go to the third inning. Oh, no. It, uh, it wasn't really in a row. Well, it was in a row. The hits were in a row. Manny struck out in between Soto and Drury. Uh, but Soto singled, so there was the first one. Then Drury had a double. Crony had the triple that scored two runs. Uh, Soto and Drury. And now they needed a home run. Next batter will hit a bomb. What a sweet sound off that bat. I already said that in this episode, but I'm going to say it again. Um, yeah, so the natural cycle, the team cycle in the third inning. Yeah, that was cool to see. And then they kept going with hits. I mean, Profar singled, Campy singled. Um, so, and Kim lined out. He still made good contact there to end that. So, yeah, it was a good inning. It was, it was a good offensive, great offensive performance. Yeah, this is a good point, DQ Sports. We won a series at Coors. Yep. That does not happen all the time. Uh, they were 1-6, I believe, going into this series at Coors Field. I know it was a different team those first seven games, but still, it, it feels good to win a series at Coors Field, and it especially feels good because the magic number keeps going down, right? You want to win series right now and get that playoff spot clinched. Irie says, hashtag keep Myers. I think they're going to explore that in the offseason. Why not? If he's willing to accept this pretty much same role that he has right now, hopefully Profar doesn't exercise his player option and he stays, finds something in center field. I don't know if Zokar's the actual answer. Feels more like short-term just to finish the season, and he's hot. Um his eight-game hitting streak did end today, but he still had an eight-game hitting streak. He's he's hitting better than Grisham is. Um, you would think that Grisham's still the starting center fielder going into next year. You'd think they'd give him that chance because he has the power. They you know they still like his potential. They probably view his potential as higher than Zokar's, the ceiling, the scout term. Uh, but you'd like them to probably find a better option in center field. Uh, Soto's in right, obviously. And you'd think that they'd want either Drury or Bell back for first, or maybe, well, yeah, at least to start the season. Um, then Tatis comes back, he plays short, you can have Kim play second, Crony play first. If you only bring back Myers, I don't think that's a great idea to only have Myers there to start the year, but um, yeah, we'll see. I, I think they are, they'll definitely try to bring back Drury and Myers. Myers at a cheap price, and Drury, see, maybe multi-year, couple-year deal and see what happens, see what he wants, see if he wants to come back. Two years, 20 million maybe. He's going to hit 30 home runs maybe this year. So uh, 
you would think probably 10 million a year. I agree with this comment. When it's all said and done, Manny is the man. 30-plus home runs, 100-plus RBIs. He has been amazing this year for the Padres. So, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, he's definitely a team MVP. And Padre fans like myself, we can make a case that Manny should be a top three MVP finalist. Um, Goldschmidt, what's, what's in common here with these guys? Goldschmidt, Arenado, Betts, Freeman, right? Those are like four names that I keep hearing in the National League MVP conversation. But the thing is, Goldschmidt has Arenado. Betts has Freeman. Freeman has Betts. Arenado has Goldschmidt. You know, like they have a lot of support in that lineup. And I know I'm saying this, it might sound dumb, uh, but Manny hasn't had that MVP uh, candidate hitting behind him or hitting in front of him the whole year. I'm saying this as the Padres just scored 25 runs in this series, so that might sound dumb, but he didn't have Juan Soto the whole year. Um, and Juan Soto was struggling mightily when he first came to the Padres. You know, his worst slump of his career. Josh Bell was struggling. He was like one for 30 at one point with the Padres. Uh, Brandon Drury, he was out for, what, a week or something? However long that concussion list was, he was out for a week and a half um, when uh, Dustin May or whoever that was hit him in the helmet at Dodger Stadium. So Manny has not had the same support in the offense. Hosmer was great like the first month of the year, and just as I predicted, he fell off. Um, Crony didn't have the best start. As much as I love him, he didn't have his best, the best start to 2022. Uh, by the way, Greg Garcia talked about that, episode 236. It's out now, this YouTube channel and uh, on podcast platforms. The interview I did with former Padre Greg Garcia. Greg was talking about how proud he was of how Crony battled back this year. He didn't have a great start to the season, but then uh, he turned it around. Obviously, that big Cub series that he had, he probably should have won Player of the Week that week. Goldie still won it. Um, but, you know, he, Jake hasn't been great the entire year offensively. There was at one point, I think he had the worst batting average at home. As much as that pains me to say, he had that um, title at one point in Major League Baseball. Worst batting average at home in baseball at one point this season. So Manny has not had that same support that Goldie and Freeman and Betts have had. He's not on a 100-plus win team. You know, I don't know how many wins the Dodgers have right now. I, I, they're pretty sure that they're at 100 or at least over 100, um, he hasn't had the same support. But the Padres are still a playoff team. You know? Yeah, Dodgers have 106 wins. They beat the Cardinals today 4-1. to one. So in terms of valuable, you take you literally, the MVP, most valuable player, you take Manny off the Padres, I don't know if they're in a playoff spot, to be honest. This is not updated war because it's baseball reference. But Manny Machado's war so far this year is 6.3. The Padres have a three-game lead on a playoff spot right now. That's a difference. That's the difference, you know? Cobra says, will number, magic number be five if the Phillies lose? No. So I know this was at 426, so I probably already have talked about this, but for someone just tuning in, the magic number is still six. It has nothing to do with the Phillies because the Phillies, uh, that's not the team the Padres um, have to be ahead of right now to make a postseason spot. The Padres, they have to 
beat the Brewers. It's one, it's either the Phillies or the Brewers that have to be knocked out for the Padres to be in the postseason. And so the Brewers, they're the they're the team, the the last team out. So they have if there was four wild card teams, they would be the fourth, if that makes sense. So the Padres have to worry about where the Brewers are. Um, and the Brewers are three games back of the Padres. That's where it is right now. The Padres, as I said earlier, they have the second wild card. So the Phillies have, uh, excuse me, yeah, they have the second wild card. The Phillies have the third wild card, the final playoff spot. Regardless of what Philadelphia does right now, if Milwaukee still is outside the playoff picture, the Padres are in. So it's it's not what about the Phillies do right now for the just for the Padres to clinch a playoff spot, at least how the standings look right now. It's about what the Brewers do. Leonardo says, are you going to the last game of the season? Uh, is that the Wednesday game? I might be. I think so. I haven't looked that far ahead yet. Oh, here's a Dodger fan. Let me put this guy in timeout. Says Dodgers will end your playoff dreams. Uh, the Padres are making the postseason this year. The Dodgers don't have control over that, really. I mean, they're playing the, the Padres, but... And there's no guarantee, if you're talking about in the postseason, the Padres, there's no guarantee that they even play the Dodgers. Lou, pretty good question here. What do we do with Manaya? he asks. Um, I mean, for this year, he's a free agent at the end of the season, so nothing like long-term. I don't know if they'll bring him back maybe as a last uh, resort. I think they'd want Clevenger back more than Manaya, or they could just go get someone else. I, I don't know. Um, but I don't think they'd bring Manaya back. But Bowmel knows him, so maybe he does and believes that he will bounce back. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm not that much in favor of bringing Sean back, at least right now. I, I mean, my mind can obviously change in the offseason, but uh, I would think it would be his last year with the team or his only year with the team. I think he wouldn't be on the wild card roster. I think Clevenger would be. And I think him and Liberato would be off the roster to get it from 28 to 26. Some would say Stammen, but then if you're going to take Stammen off, wouldn't you want like Chris Matt or another reliever on there? Um, so I, th I don't think Manaya would make the roster. Just That's my gut right now. And in terms of what we do with him, he might have to start one more time. If the Padres clinch a playoff spot, then he would just start probably one of those Giants games the last series of the season. Um, I think he's on line to start that Thursday game against the Dodgers here at home. So maybe you start him then, and then, or maybe he's skipping the Dodgers series. I don't know. I haven't seen tweets yet from the Padres beat writers on who's starting. It says on MLB on the MLB app. It says that it's to be decided or to be to be determined. Excuse me, who the Thursday starter is for the Padres. Yeah, I don't see any tweets from any reporters or anything saying who starts Thursday. So, Manaya, I think, is on track to start Thursday. Then maybe start one of the Giants games and then don't make the wild card roster and 
You see what happens later. For him, with Manaya, it's really more just him, you know, um, filling innings, right? I agree with this from Mike. Next year's center field is wide open in spring training. Obviously, unless like AJ goes and makes some trade or some free agent signing, but I haven't even looked at free agent center fielders or anything like that. I still think they believe in Grisham. Uh, I just don't think that's the best plan to have Grisham Azokar again as your like center field plan. So, by the way, let's finish this talking about this Dodger or preview this Dodger series quickly here. And then I'll get out of here. Uh, so, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Potters have the off day tomorrow on Monday. 13 runs today, 9 runs on Saturday, feeling good. Got Snell on the mound on Tuesday against Tyler Anderson. I like that matchup for the Padres. I really do. I think they can win that game. Joe Musgrove is on the mound on Wednesday. That's at 640 against uh, Julio Arias. All three games, by the way, are at 640, so that's including Thursday's game. Usually last game of the series is a day game, but the Padres, they stay at home. They have nine games. I think it's nine straight games, actually, with no off days. Uh, their last off days tomorrow. Nine straight home games to end the season. So that's good. And then they will go on the road, uh, assuming they make the postseason as a wild card team. Whether that's the second wild card or the third wild card, they'd go to um, either St. Louis if they're the sixth seed, or they'd go to uh, would it be Atlanta for the if they are if they're the uh, five seed. So that's the series. Um, Look, I think they can win the first two games of it if their offense shows up, but I think that's a big key because I'm confident that Snell and Musgrove will pitch well. Obviously, with Snell, um, well, both of them didn't have that. You know, they didn't have their best starts against the Dodgers last time out. But I think that they are pitching better, and they're going to look at the video, study what went wrong. I don't think Musgrove is going to throw hanging sliders to Justin Turner and Chris Taylor again you know, back-to-back at-bats. I think he's going to be better than he was his last start against the Dodgers. Um, and so I think they have a better chance of winning this series. If they win this series, that is a huge win. Obviously, their magic number would be down to at least four and maybe three if uh, Milwaukee loses one of those uh, St. Louis games. I'm just, I'm not even, like, ex I'm not expecting a series win. I'll say that now just because they haven't done that yet. If they can get a series win, against the Dodgers, then I will put the expectation of, or at least maybe think about having the expectation be winning a best of three series against the Dodgers. Uh, but right now, that's just not where I can do that because they haven't done that. I don't think they, have they done that this season? I don't think they've done that this season against the Dodgers. Uh, so my expectation in this series is that they're competitive, that they don't get swept, so they win one game, and they're competitive in all three. I think that's that's progress at least. Um, and maybe that's like a loser mentality. Hey, you're expecting a, a series loss. But as I just said, I can't realistically tell you that my expectation or that this team needs to take two out of three against a team they haven't been able to take two out of three or win a regular season series against. They haven't won a regular season season series against uh, the Dodgers since 2010. You know? 
let me look, by the way, at this team. I don't think they've won a, a uh, series, just a series period, against the Dodgers at all this season. So I'm not going to go expect them to, even though their bats are hot and the team is playing better than they were entering the last Dodger series, if I remember correctly, it's just dumb of me to expect the Padres to do something that they haven't done, you know, against the best team in baseball, probably. So what I want is a, at least one win and be competitive in all three games. That's something that they weren't um, in the last series against the Dodgers. I'm looking. So they lost the first series they played against the Dodgers. Lost the second series they played against the Dodgers, three out of four. Got swept by the Dodgers in August. And September 2nd through the 4th, lost that series. And September 9th through the 11th, lost that series. So they have not won a series against the Dodgers yet this season. So I just want them to be competitive in this series and keep getting that magic number down. Hopefully the magic number is down to at least like four, uh, three, hopefully by the end of this Dodgers series. Get some help from St. Louis, who Milwaukee plays, I believe, next, and win one of these games. Uh, just keep making progress towards clinching that playoff spot. Hopefully, they can clinch that playoff spot against the White Sox this weekend at Petco. All right, I think that's going to do it. Talking Friars, episode 237. I'm your host, Ben Fadden. Padres, encouraging series against the Rockies. Great weekend, I thought. Yeah, Friday could have been better, but they finished it off with a great offensive outburst. Two great offensive outbursts. Saturday and Sunday. 9-3 on Saturday win. Then won 13-6 today. Magic number is six. Three-game wild card lead on Milwaukee for a playoff spot. Game and a half lead on Philadelphia for the second wild card. Enjoy the off day tomorrow on Monday. Enjoy your Sunday night if you're watching this live or on replay on Sunday or listening to this on Sunday. And I'll talk to you guys later. Talk to you guys on Tuesday. See ya.